everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. My name is Ray Trevino, and I am your host. Each week, we will explore the essential elements of living a fulfilling, balanced, and meaningful life. Our podcast brings together entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, and everyday people like you and me who have seen challenges and have overcome adversities to create success and find balance in their lives. Whether you're a young professional seeking to make an impact in your career, a parent looking to balance work and family life, or a retiree seeking to create a new purpose, our podcast is something for everyone. So join us as we delve into the world of living a balanced and purposeful life and discover how you can create a life of balance and purpose for yourself. Today, our guest is Jeff Tallarico. Jeff Tallarico believes in living for the moment. He feels that God has designed each of us for a specific reason in the time we are alive. He has his coaching clients take a spiritual giftings test to see what their kingdom strengths are and helps them push through their challenges by focusing on those specific strengths. He is also a licensed financial advisor who specializes in biblically responsible investing. And if that's not enough, he and his wife, Karen, launched a church a few years ago where he serves as senior pastor. Jeff, say hello to everyone and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hello, everyone. I'm pretty much everything Ray just uh, told you in the in the intro, in the bio. I have a speaking, coaching, and consulting business as well as pastor at church and have a financial services uh, practice in Kerrville, Texas. So a father of two girls, uh, uh, married to my wife for over 35 years now, been together for 40 got a lot of accomplishments in my life that I think I'm pretty proud of. And and having that is being my number one thing. I, I love my wife. I've, again, been with her since since we were 18 years old. So you guys do the math. That means, yes, I'm old. These gray hairs are well-deserved, uh, especially raising two girls. So that's pretty much it about me. Show over now. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what led you into financial consulting? Is that something that you've always wanted to do? Not really. And because of those licenses, I, I have to be careful about talking about that today because we're talking about the other stuff. I'll give you a quick example. I was actually in the consulting world. Um, I was a member of the National Speakers Association and I was traveling a lot. And I was stranded in Salt Lake City trying to get home to San Antonio in the Christmas of 2006. If you remember that, Denver had a huge blizzard that year. So I got home on Christmas Eve at three o'clock in the afternoon with a church service at 5.30 that night. We were going to a different church at that time, of course, because we hadn't launched. And my wife looked at me and said, you're coming off the road. What do you want me to do? She goes, I don't care. So in January, I walked into a, a, a practice in the financial services world and the rest is history. So that's what I've been doing with that. But I've kept my speaking, coaching and consulting business alive. I've rebranded it a little bit, changed some things up. But I, that's truly my heart and my passion. I mean, I, I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but my heart and passion is, is helping people change their lives. So changing lives, coaching, consulting, being a father of two girls and a wonderful husband. How do you keep balance in your life? How do you keep it all together? I get a lot of rest, about five hours a night. No, <laughs> no it, uh, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that family is first, period. Putting family ahead of anything else is really what's kept me grounded. There's a little bit of a backstory here that you have to hear for this to make sense. I grew up in the car business. My mom was a comptroller. And the one thing that I vowed to never do in my life was sell cars. And you know how the story goes. Don't ever say never. 
Mm-hmm. So in, I guess it was 1990, right when my first daughter was born, I found myself, I was a regional manager for a rent-to-own company back in Arizona. I had five stores that I traveled to all the time. Well, they got bought. And when they got bought, they brought in their own management team. And of course, that means I was gone. So I did the only thing I knew how to do, and that was get into sales because I'm I believe in sales. I believe that if you if you believe in the product you're selling, it's very easy to sell. So I started in the car business and moved up quite rapidly. I sold for six months, then I got moved into the finance department and spent the next 12 years of my career in management on one aspect or another, either general sales manager, sales manager, finance manager, used car manager, you name it, I was doing it. So we moved to the Texas Hill Country. We left Flagstaff, Arizona and moved to the Texas Hill Country in 1997. I transferred to a dealership here in town, went to work as a used car manager, and my girls were getting older. So I was missing out or starting to miss out on some things. So I chose to get out of management, go back on the sales line so I could kind of work my own hours or have at least a more simplistic life as far as hours goes. Because when you're in management, you're bell to bell. You're open to close. You might be there till 10, 11 o'clock at night, closing out the deals. The car business was ruthless like that. But if you were selling, you know, I, I wouldn't take any more ups at four o'clock in the afternoon because I didn't want to be there late. So needless to say, I, I really got into the training and the leadership side of my life at that time. Wrote over 150 articles for Dealer's Edge magazine and was starting to get some traction with consulting and coaching car people. Wrote a book called Keeping Your Pipeline Full, which was about how to get prospects for the car business. Now you gotta remember that was back in a time when you could still pick up the phone and call somebody and it wasn't illegal. We've changed a little bit, so I've I've gotta do some additions to the book, I think maybe. (laughs) Uh, But there was a lot of techniques that I used to gain my clientele. I never took fresh ups. I did everything repeat and referral business only. And, and I used my cell phone quite often for doing my business. Came to a point where I was salesman of the month for four and a half years running. And, wow. and again, had all these articles out there. And I started doing a lot of coaching and training in the car business. And I wanted to pursue that avenue. Again, I was a member of the National Speakers Association. I was getting some keynote addresses. And I just went to the owner one day and said, I want to work my own hours. And he was all for it. The sales manager was against it mainly because I never used the sales manager. I desked all my own deals. I set them up for finance. I did all that. And what I did was I took a leap of faith, put my keys on the corner of his desk, and I walked out. And for the next four or five years, I was a consultant. And that's what I did until the story that you just heard about the blizzard in Denver. But the consulting part of life was wonderful. I got to go to Australia. I built a sales force for a company over here in the United States that was selling jingles to radio stations. So I got to build that sales force for them here and spend two weeks on their dime in Melbourne. And what a better place to be. Unfortunately, I was by myself, didn't get to take my wife and she's still envious about that, but we're still married, we're still good. So that's what I started doing in life. And and I've always been that way. I believe that we're put here for a reason. We're put here for a design. You call it a purpose, I say we're designed. And again, I give all the credit to God for this. We're designed by him for something. And I think my something is encouraging other people to find out what it is they're designed to do and help them get there. Knowing your design, encouraging others, how did you first figure out that that was the right path for you? You have a very diverse background, which is awesome. It seems like anything you got into, you were completely driven. But 
driving others. How did you know that was the right path for you? I grew up in a household of can'ts. The worst bad word in the world is can't. And I was told my entire life, you can't do that. No, you're not allowed to do that. And can't was famous for my family. I heard Zig Ziglar for the first time at 18 years old. And Zig Ziglar said that you can. His quote that resonated with me the most was that you can have anything you want in life if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want. Just flip the script of my life. And at 18 years old, I went into the sales field. I've only done sales. Even when I was a regional manager for the rent to own company, most of my pay was based on bonuses and commissions. So I've never really had an hourly rate job or someone dictating to me, this is what you're worth. I sell and my sales are what produces. And it's been a good life. So even when I'm selling me, when someone you know wants to hire me for coaching or hire me for a keynote or, or something like that, they still have to believe what I'm selling. And my history, my life, that's what I'm selling. It's truth. I mean, I, I don't have one of the, I came out of the gutter stories. That's not me. I, I was raised in a decent house and, and I learned a lot of business from my dad on basically what not to do. You know, he lost two, three businesses in his lifetime and filed bankruptcy twice. Not me. I learned what not to do. So that was that hard lesson, but I haven't had the gutter stories. I've been very successful and I'm blessed with what I've done. And I know where that credit comes. And, and I'm not afraid, Ray, to say that if God chose to take this all away tomorrow, that's his choice, not mine. I'll be okay. I have to have trust in that and in him. So that's how I've found my design. My purpose is just trusting in him. Wow. You've got the mindset correct. Coming from a, a I would call it a can't gutter. It somewhat is a bit of a Bermuda Triangle, right? I, I have a similar story. My family was filled with, I can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. No, you're not the right person. But hearing you quote those words from Zig Ziglar, you can have anything you want if you help others get what they want. It's golden. And those are great words to live by. Now, in today's fast-paced world, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed and disconnected by all the noise around us, by the media, by the news. However, you stay grounded and you stay focused. <laughs> you know, and I love your attitude and your smile and all of that. It's all perfect and in check. How do you stay grounded and connected through all the noise and the I can'ts because we're surrounded by it? Even though you left that behind, it's still around us. How does Jeff stay focused and grounded? Number one, I don't watch the news. Great point. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I sit back and I look and say, okay, do I have any control over what's going on? No, I don't. I don't even have control over my own life because of who I gave my life to. I mean, Ray, I, we're going to turn this into a spiritual podcast, but I love it. If the scripture says he takes care of the sparrows and he clothes the lilies of the field, and I don't have that same trust in him, then yeah, the world could scare me and I just don't let it. I've gotten to the point in my life where I have to rely on him. And there are a lot of people that you and I both communicate with that don't get this aspect. They're so driven on hitting their goals, following their plans. And I, I don't, I set out on what I want to accomplish and then I give it up to him. And if it's his will that this happens for me, then it works. And if not, I could manifest things. I could really manipulate things to happen in my life. But I know that when I've done that in the past, it's not worked out well for me. It may have been temporary. And I can give you a quick story about pride. 
and how that happened. I was in the car business. I was a finance manager for a dealership again. I moved up relatively quickly and I was doing really well. I build relationships. And back then we didn't have credit scores. So we literally had to run a credit report on a client. We looked at what their past payment history was and we'd fill in a box. Then we'd look at their stability. How long have they been on the job? How long have they been in this area? And we check a box. And then the last thing we looked at was their character. What are they like? Do we know anything about them? Are they well-known in the community? And we would have these three boxes. And depending on how much of the boxes were filled out, we would know if that lender would buy this deal. And my job was to sell the lenders on why to buy the deal. So I was really good at that, again, because I build relationships. And we had a sales manager who, what's the, the best way to say this? She wasn't as ethical as I was when it came to business. And she was having the salespeople falsify information that came into my office. Now, I'm looking at them to being reliable and honest. So I started catching wind of some of this and it didn't resonate well with me. And I took it to the owner of the company who I thought was an upstanding person. And he stuck out his hand to me and said, have a nice life. Wow. I'm like, wow. Wow. Okay. So here I am taking this moral high ground, this stand on principles. And I left there going, it's your loss, not mine. Walked across the street, went to work for another dealership. They only had sales available. I took it. This happened on around April 15th. I took two weeks off just to get my head straight. Started working for them in, on May 1st. Sold 26 cars that first month and zero went through finance. That means they didn't get approved. Wow. So when you're selling a car, I can sell all day long. If it doesn't get approved and they sign and drives, you don't get paid. So I didn't make any money in the month of May. I let my anger go on their finance manager going, I could have taught a monkey how to get that deal bought. I was better than him. That's where my thoughts were. So the used car manager offered me a job to come over and work for her, be a closer in her department. I'd get a percentage of everybody's sales, whether I went in or not. So I did that. Well, one day we're sitting in this office and the finance manager came over, threw the deal down on the desk and it kind of spun on the desk. And the sales manager looked at this and says, you got this deal bought? It was a, an iffy deal. And he goes, yes, truly I am a God. And when he said those words, that light bulb went off in my head. I literally started crying because I realized what happened. Even though I was still giving glory to God and praising him for everything that I had going on in my life, I allowed these salespeople to build me up in such a way that my pride got in the way. It was me getting these deals bought. It was me doing all this. Whether they were falsifying information or not, I put it on me. And, and that story of pride broke me that day. And I vowed to never allow myself to go there again. So even today, I really do have a hard time when people say, hey, that's great. Thank you for doing this. I have to learn to say, okay, thanks and be done with it because I never want to go back to that place. It was not a good place. And that's where I learned my lesson on how really should I be? If I'm going to give glory to God, I need to give glory to God and accept that and be done. So no longer do I allow that prideful thing. I don't care about the fame and the glory. It comes, but that's not my focus. I don't set out every morning to be the number one guy that does this. It's not my focus. My focus is sharing who I am, sharing my story 
whether it's in financial services or coaching or behind the pulpit on Sunday, that we're all the same. We all put on our pants one leg at a time and we should not allow society, the noise, to dictate to us who we are and what we do. There's too much of that going on. We're all the same. There shouldn't be division. It shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. It shouldn't matter whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It shouldn't matter. Those are labels that society has put on us. And I just, I don't play that game. I don't. So that's how I filter through the noise. That's amazing. That story gave me chills because just about every lesson that you read in the scriptures is about the pride cycle, the rise and the fall Mm -hmm. of man. And it's always so apparent until it's happening to us. Right. And I think that's what scriptures try and teach us to be able to stay focused, to be able to pay attention, to be able to watch the signs so that we don't go through that fall. And you, my friend, recognize that. And that is amazing. I love it. I love it. So thank you for sharing that with us. So coach, consultant, (laughs) pastor, speaker, you've accomplished a lot in your life. What are your goals for the future? Because I know you're not done. No, you know, here, here's, here's the funny thing. Again, I'm a financial advisor and I help mm-hmm. people with retirement plans. Nowhere in scripture does it talk about retirement. No. And I don't see myself truly retiring in the sense of stopping working. I believe that I can provide value and knowledge and wisdom that is worth being paid for until the day I die. As long as my mind stays clear as long as my capacities are there and I physically able to do that, that's my future. There are things I'm working on, sure. I mean, I, I don't even have a college degree, but I'm working on that right now. I'm trying to finish it up, but it's gonna be in ministry. It's not about what I do. You know, I've, I've never let that be a setback for me. I've heard so many people going, well, I can't apply for that job because I don't have a college degree. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not knocking education. My wife's got her degree. Both of my daughters are teachers. One of them's working on our master's right now. I love education and I love learning, but I want to learn the things that I want to learn. I want to do the things that I want to do. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. So so teaching that, that you can have this kind of freedom while you're still working and enjoy life. And that's what I do. If I want to take time off, I take time off. If I want to go away for two weeks, I'll go away for two weeks. If I want to stop posting on LinkedIn for a week and a half, I stop posting on LinkedIn. I run my life that way because I know that I that I can run thin. I mean, when you do three different things, you can run thin. But I know me and I know what it takes to just slow down. So what does the future look like for me? I'm going to keep this business as long as I possibly can. I'll keep the church until God tells me no and somebody else needs to take it over because we're growing there. And I'll keep training and coaching and speaking as long as I still have a voice to be able to do that. And if that ever goes away, then I might focus more on writing. It's not my priority right now. Everything you just explained to us is the reason for the Balanced Purpose podcast. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. We got to it. What advice would you give to someone listening right now who is lost and wants to take control of their lives, still be successful? And it takes a lot of hard work. It takes effort, but it does take planning, right, to be able to get to the point to where you do have control of your life. If you want to not post, if you want to go on vacation, if you want to do what you want to do, 
What's advice that you would give to one of our listeners right now? The first thing, Ray, and I'm just going to come out and say it, is you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Giving your life to him, he allows you the leeway, the free will, to do what you want to do. And understanding how that relationship truly works, it's not slavery. And people think that it is, and it's not. I'm, I'm freer now in my life that I've been able to do that and relinquish control to him. Because I do know that when I get this wild hair, and I get a lot of wild hairs, when I get this wild hair, I take it to him. And if it's supposed to happen, it does. I get the plan. I get what I'm supposed to do, the steps and how they work. And I think that the world doesn't understand that part. They would rather take a sheet of paper and say, step one. Step two, and there's nothing wrong with that. We have to follow steps, Mm -hmm. but I let those steps be revealed to me. I don't make them up as I go. Does that make sense? That's beautiful, and that's that's it. And I respect, I respect all these people that that understand processes, because I, I mean, I do. I have processes in place. And I respect those who, who go out and this is what their living is. They go into a place and, and totally annihilate what they're doing and come up with better processes. I'm all for that. I know what processes work for me. And there's probably some that I could do that makes things a little smoother. I get that. But my team at my normal office, they get it. I trust them with everything. I can walk away and know that they are handling business the right way because of our relationship. See, we're all Mm like-minded. We all have the same spirit. And in doing so, it's worked well. Become an entrepreneur. Then you can set your own hours. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's true. Now I have one, one final question for you. What legacy do you hope to leave behind through your purpose and all of the work that you do? You know, I just want my kids to be better than I am. I want my grandkids to be better than I am. This world is not about me. And if someone remembers me after I'm gone, great. I hope that what I've done in my life will be enough to impact someone to say, do you remember when? Do you remember when Jeff said this or when Jeff taught us that? I would love that, but that would be again for me, for selfish pride. I want people to see Jesus through me and want to have a relationship with him so that the day that they pass away, I can be in heaven and say, welcome. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. There was an old Ray Bolt song from years and years and years ago called Thank You. And it talked about what people have done in their lives and the impact that they've made. And they may have never noticed it in their life. But when he was in heaven, all these thousands of people said thank you to him for wow. whatever they've done. You know, whether it was a missionary or whether it was a kid that he gave money to or a mom that he supported and took care of. I mean... This is what the world is missing right now. And it's not just our country. This is the world. And I know that there are people that are probably listening to this podcast that don't believe the way I do. And you have that right. Mm -hmm. You do. All I know is that life is a lot easier for me by believing. And I can help people with struggles through it. Again, go back to my coaching. I do it a little differently. I want people to have a spiritual gifting test when they hire me. And the reason I do that is so that they can figure out what their purpose is or their design is for kingdom work. Because I believe all work started 
through the kingdom. And I'm glad you put that out there, Jeff. Is there a way if one of our listeners right now wanted to connect, is there a way that they can connect with you? Absolutely. Masterstouchcommunication.com is my speaking coaching website. Email address is jeff at masterstouchcommunication.com. There is a phone number on there that goes to my answering machine. Yes, I have an answering machine for that business, but I don't mind people having my cell phone. 830-459. We're going to go back to our rotary days. Need Jeff? Call Jeff. So it's 830-459-6525. I'm here to answer questions all the time. And I do have a voicemail. So if you call and I don't answer, leave me a message. I'll, I'll call you back. Uh, I will tell you, and I don't know if Ray knows this, I, I change my voicemail every day. Oh, wow. Six, six days six days a week. I don't change it on Sunday. So I, I have a weekend voicemail on Saturday mornings. I've done that since I've had a cell phone. So for back in my old brick days, even when we had <laughs> weird phones. answerings. Yeah. Well, they were the brick phones. You, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know how old you are, Ray. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 60. So I had a brick phone that used to put in your back pocket. You'd walk around the car lot with that thing. You thought you were cool. You know, it, it, it weighed about three pounds. So no, I'm I'm available anytime. Um, Google me, you'll find me, and I'm I'm happy to to talk. And we'll also upload your information onto our show notes on our website. So we appreciate that. And then I wanted to ask: so is is keeping your pipeline full still available to purchase? Um, I probably have 20 copies left. Okay, so it's not something we can go on Amazon or. Or grab? No, no. I mean, I could I could rehook up the direct print, but I wrote that thing in two thousand and one, so it it's old. It needs some updating to it. <laughs> Funny thing about that book, I sold more of that book to real estate agents than I did car people. Oh, nice! It was it was nuts. It was nuts. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you joining us today and telling us a little bit about you, your purpose, and your balanced lifestyle. Glad to do it. Thanks, guys. Balance Purpose Podcast was created and hosted by me, Ray Trevino, and is produced and edited by Nick Goldney. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check us out at balancepurposepodcast.com and on Instagram at balancepurposepodcast. Remember, finding your purpose is a journey, not a destination, and it takes time and effort to achieve balance. Make it a great day.